Chapter 86 of The Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas. The translator is unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan. Chapter 86 How it came to pass that Monsieur Beausire was tracked by the agents of Monsieur de Crosne. Madame de Lamotte was imprisoned as the Queen had threatened, and the whole affair created no little talk and excitement through France. Monsieur de Rouen lived at the Bastille like a prince. He had everything but liberty. He demanded to be confronted with Madame de Lamotte as soon as he had heard of her arrest. This was done. She whispered to him, Send everyone away, and I will explain. He asked this, but was refused. They said his counsel might communicate with her. She said to this gentleman that she was ignorant of what had become of the necklace, but that they might well have given it to her in recompense for the services she had rendered the queen and the cardinal, which were well worth a million and a half. The cardinal turned pale on hearing this repeated, and felt how much they were in Jeanne's power. He was determined not to accuse the queen, although his friends endeavoured to convince him that it was his only way to prove his innocence of the robbery. Jeanne said that she did not wish to accuse either the queen or the cardinal, but that if they persisted in making her responsible for the necklace, she would do so to show that they were interested in accusing her of falsehood. Then M. de Rouen expressed all his contempt for her, and said that he began to understand much of Jeanne's conduct, but not the Queen's. All this was reported to Marie Antoinette. She ordered another private examination of the parties, but gained nothing from it. Jeanne denied everything to those sent by the Queen, but when they were gone she altered her tone and said, If they do not leave me alone, I will tell all. The Cardinal said nothing and brought no accusations. But rumors began to spread fast, and the question soon became not, has the queen stolen the necklace, but has she allowed someone else to steal it, because she knew all about her amour? Madame de Lamotte had involved her in a maze, from which there seemed no honorable exit, but she determined not to lose courage. She began to come to the conclusion that the cardinal was an honest man, and did not wish to ruin her, but was acting like herself, only to preserve his honor. They strove earnestly, but ineffectually, to trace the necklace. All opinions were against Jeanne, and she began to fear that, even if she dragged down the queen and cardinal, she should be quite overwhelmed under the ruins she had caused, and she had not even at hand the fruits of her dishonesty to corrupt her judges with. Affairs were in this state when a new episode changed the face of things. Oliva and Monsieur Beausire were living, happy and rich, in a country house, when one day Beausire, going out hunting, fell into the company of two of the agents of M. de Crosne, whom he had scattered all over the country. They recognized Beausire immediately, but as it was Oliva whom they most wanted, they did not arrest him there, but only joined the chase. Beausire, seeing two strangers, called the huntsman, and asked who they were. He replied that he did not know, but if he had permission, he would send them away. On his questioning them, they said they were friends of that gentleman, pointing to M. Beausire, then the man brought them to him, saying, Monsieur de Lanvie, these gentlemen say they are friends of yours. Ah, you are called de Lanvie now, Monsieur Beausire. Beausire trembled. He had concealed his name so carefully. He sent away the huntsman and asked them who they were. Take us home with you, and we will tell you. Home? Yes. Do not be inhospitable. Beausire was frightened, but still feared to refuse these men who knew him. End of chapter 86